Mount Shasta isn't the tallest mountain in California, but it is by far the most stunning. And it's just 15 minutes off the Interstate 5. I mean, that's a huge part of the appeal, but also the root of the problem. The clients who ask that their names not be in the story are a young couple from Seattle. He's a software engineer, and they have a real taste for adventure, but they didn't have much technical mountaineering experience. So they did what so many people are doing these days. They hired a professional guide service to help them up the mountain. The guide that was assigned to them was this woman named Jillian Webster. She had grown up in a really avidly outdoorsy family in Thousand Oaks, she's from California, and had spent her 20s doing what so many people in this industry do. They worked seasonal jobs, she was a ski instructor, she was a ski patroller, and it was all done to you know, finance her adventurous life. They had a great time at first. They, they climbed up the mountain, they put on their crampons when it got really steep, they roped together, and they were doing fine. But what they didn't know was that at the worst place, at the very steepest part of that climb, was a layer of incredibly hard, incredibly slick ice, probably left over from that storm the day before. And that section of ice is, is what did them in. Yeah, June 6th, um, 2022, it was a Monday, and that weekend, Saturday, Sunday, uh, we had a little storm come through. Um, it wasn't a major storm, but it was enough to bring in some precipitation and rain and uh, <clears throat> clouds, and it essentially gave the mountain an icy glaze, just almost like a donut glaze, and several, we had four incidents within about a 24-hour period of people slipping and falling. Come on up, bring your group up. We'll regroup and... Nick uh, Myers is the lead climbing ranger for the U.S. Forest Service on Mount Shasta. He's involved in essentially all of the rescues and there's about a dozen a year. I've worked on Mount Shasta as a climbing ranger for 20 years. We see people fall in the gulch uh, every season. Never have I seen anybody slide that far, and I think it was a testament just to the extremely icy conditions that day. The detail of who slipped first is still unclear. Official documents are unclear on it. People's memories are unclear on it. But the survivor who spoke to me remembers very vividly being yanked off his feet, his head slamming into the ice, and he was desperately trying to do the thing he had just learned like a day before, this technique of arresting yourself. The idea of when you start to fall is you get your ice axe under your chest immediately and put all your weight into it and you're trying to dig this long pick into the ice to, to arrest, it's called self-arrest, to save yourself. The thing is, you practice this at very low angle terrain where everything's kind of soft and everything's kind of safe, and there's, the thought of dying is not in your mind. When it really happens, it happens so fast. I've never seen anybody fall that far. Um, we were scratching our heads like, where are they? And how'd they get that hurt in that location? They fell more than 2,000 feet 
about a mile in what must have been a minute. They were in really rough shape. It was it was a nightmarish scene. His partner, she had a leg fracture as well, and then dramatic facial trauma and just road rash all over. One of them was so horrifically injured that his ankle was just pointing the wrong way. And the guide, uh, the ex very experienced young woman, they had paid to get them safely up this mountain. She looked the best of all of them. Her helmet was broken, and she had a slight abrasion over her left eye, but she otherwise looked okay. But those were the signs of the horrendous head injury she'd suffered. And then her heart stopped. She was 32 years old. And there are times in mountaineering where one must not fall. And people need to understand that in certain cases. And um, that was certainly the case on June 6th. You know, once you get going fast, it's hard to stop no matter what. We're just casually here on top of Mount Shasta. It is incredible. There's a whole variety of people who climb Mount Shasta, incredibly experienced mountaineers, who do it with skis on their back so they can click in at the top. And then there are people who maybe watched a YouTube video about climbing mountains and try to wing it. At least two of the people who had to be airlifted off the mountain that day fell into that category. The type of people we usually get are, are novice. You know, Shasta in the grand scheme of things is a novice mountaineering endeavor. And just because it is 15 minutes off the interstate doesn't mean it can't kill you or have real mountain hazards. All of us really took a new found respect for the mountain. Because I think a lot of people do come here. It's like, you know, it's like, it's avalanche gulch. How hard can it be? David Court is an extremely experienced mountain guide. He's been leading people on mountain adventures all around the world for well over a decade. Once the pandemic was mostly over, um, there was definitely a huge, um, huge increase in, in people signing up for these for these weekend trips up here in Shasta. And these are people that have a sense of urgency of wanting to get away from the office, get away from being behind the computer, and reconnecting with their outdoor environment. But the fact of the matter is. Most of us didn't grow up in the mountains. So people are inevitably tempted to hire guides. Uh, it means taking people to places they could never go on their own. And that's dangerous. Um, I was on the mountain that weekend with some clients. On Sunday, we were scheduled to go up the mountain. But it was just bad conditions. So I decided um, to turn the group around and come back into town. And that was a hard decision because, you know, the guests are frustrated. They really want to, um, they really want to make that summit. And that's a really hard thing for a guide. People pay a lot of money. They expect the guide to make it all okay. So one of the things I've heard from clients is like, it's like, you know what, it's your, I'm hiring you because it's your responsibility to get me to the top. <laughs> I've had to correct some people. I'm like, well, actually, it's not my job to get you to the top. My job is to make sure that you get to the top safely. What do you think went wrong in Jillian's case? Um, I don't know. I really don't know. 
because as far as I'm concerned, Jillian did do everything right. And accidents happen. And I think that really had an impact on all of us that, you know, oh my God, it can happen. I mean, there's a natural urge when there's a tragedy to try to fix the problem. And you can't eliminate the danger of mountain climbing. But I do think it's incredibly important that people understand that just because you laid out a thousand bucks and hired a mountain guide does not guarantee that nothing bad is going to happen. It happened to Jillian Webster and her clients, and they paid an awful price.